Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Good morning, folks. Sunday fun day. Let's get after it. We got a very busy NFL slate. Got to get into it because I got a lot of uh, important contests to uh, attend to. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll make my picks very clear in terms of how I want to play out this slate because we got a bunch of trappy kind of games and, uh, uh, you know, some games I really want to target. First off, we got Arizona traveling to Chicago. Uh, Arizona is a seven and a half point favorite. It uh, looks like no Justin Fields again today. Uh, it's a 42 total. The weather's not great in Chicago right now. Uh, so, you know, obviously it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, we're in the Northeast in December. Uh, I mean, mid, well, technically Midwest in Chicago, but you know what I mean with inclement weather. Uh, I, don't really have a great feel for this one to say, yeah, let's uh, let's target this game because Chicago's defense has been hit or miss in terms of when they show up, uh, you know, and a lot of it depends on health. But it looks like as though we'll have uh, Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack available to play in this matchup uh, today. So uh, I'd rather not go uh, into trying to test the. Uh, Chicago, when those guys are playing, uh, that that's just my assessment. It, it just doesn't make a whole ton of sense, in my opinion, to target uh, Chicago uh, when uh, uh, those guys are uh, active uh, for the Bears. So to me, I'm more going to be uh, concentrating on not necessarily... Uh, avoiding this game because I do think you could take a piece or two. I'm just not going to be stacking this game uh, fully. So I, I don't want to uh, it, because it, it looks as though we're it's going to be too warm uh, to be snow, but uh, worse, it's going to be rain. And I, I just, you know, rain and wind in Chicago, it, to me, it's just not a game where I see a ton of action. Yeah, you could take a shot on James Conner. Uh, you know, you can pick your choice of uh, receiver from Arizona. I don't like this. Uh, it's like with so many other games on the slate, I don't want to target the game where we've got the most rain. So I'm going to be, l- generally speaking, I'll probably be incredibly light on this one, but I will take Arizona for the win and to cover just because I don't see enough from the Bears side. They barely beat the Lions because, you know, Dan Campbell's an awful, awful head coach uh, for the Lions and just completely mismanaged that game. Uh, Nagy did himself no favors, in my opinion, but it is what it is. So uh, that, that's that's all I got for that one. Indianapolis traveling to Houston. Dome game, Jonathan Taylor, Texans defense. That plays hard, but realistically, this is about the time of year where teams start packing it in. Indy is, I mean, 
I don't it, like this line started at eight and a half. I jumped on it early. Uh, it should have been double digits to begin with. Uh, now uh, Indy should be uh, favored by ten if uh, if I have the latest odds. But uh, that's where the line should have been. I don't see how Indy doesn't crush here. I want to target this game because you can throw on the Texans. So Pittman's in play. Wentz is in play. When the uh, Colts get up, they're going to pound the rock with Jonathan Taylor. That's just what they do. I just think this is a great spot for all three of those options. Uh, You know, the Colts mix it up enough with their other options that I don't really want to go beyond those three names that I mentioned for the Colts side. Uh, But this could be a stomp game where, yeah, you have a decent enough floor uh, for Wentz, uh, Taylor, and Pittman to get there, but you may not have a massive ceiling game outside of uh, Jonathan Taylor. You know, it is what it is. We'll take the points, but it's a 44.5 total, and Indy's expected to score uh, above their average of 28 points a game. I, you know, I'll take my points there and just uh, get a 30-point game out of Indy and then work out the rest of the slate. Because, in my opinion, you know, we, we got some trap spots uh, uh, throughout the card, and if I can just get a solid enough floor from uh, a solid enough floor from Indy today, that might be enough, uh, you know, uh, to get uh, to get me where I need to be. Uh, you know, even if it's I'm just if I'm just doing one piece, I'm just playing Jonathan Taylor because there's another name I'm I'm about to throw out uh, as we get. Uh, uh, further into uh, this slate that becomes very critical in terms of your roster construction of how you're going to build out your team. On the Houston side, basically no interest. Uh, you know, could you play Tyrod Taylor in a naked in a reverse stack with Colts players? So maybe the Texans somehow keep it close, but because the Texans spread it out so much, uh, you could play Tyrod in the in the QB spot while you run Pittman and Taylor together. Yeah, you could. Um, I don't necessarily see myself doing that now because, again, there are some other options that popped up as the week went on uh, that kind of made it less of a priority to try to get creative with the QB spot. Um, so uh, I'm probably not just going there. Uh, moving on. the. Spotlight matchup to me of the day between two teams that I think have underachieved. Uh, you know, maybe it's a harsh criticism, but the talent that they have, these teams should be better. We got the Chargers at six and five traveling to Cincinnati to play the seven and four Bengals. Both these teams have thrown away games they should have won. Like these teams should be at nine wins. I think it's a failing of both their coaching staffs that they are at risk of missing out on the playoffs this year with. As weak as the AFC has been from a talent perspective with certain teams, that these two teams, with the amount of talent that they have, have been able to shoot themselves in the foot consistently throughout the year. Like, I'm I just, that's just the truth of the matter. I, I think it's inexcusable that both of these teams are in danger of missing the playoffs. Bottom line, too much talent from the QB position and skilled position players when they've all been healthy throughout the year. Uh, yes, have they had some injuries on defense? Yeah, but not nearly enough 
as some other teams have battled through injuries. Like, these two teams have been relatively healthy. It's not really that much of an excuse. So, uh, if we're looking at it, the Chargers give up almost 27 points a game. They're only scoring 24, 25 points a game. They're actually lower in offense this year than they were last year when they had way more injuries with Justin Herbert. Like, Anthony Lynn got fired because everyone said Anthony Lynn lost control of this team and they couldn't. They're scoring fewer points. Fewer points. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I don't understand how the Chargers aren't ca- catching more a flack for their inability to score points when they uh, generate almost 400 yards of offense per game. It, it's just, it's inexcusable. Uh, just being perfectly blunt. But with that being said, Justin Herbert, play him with uh, uh, Mike Williams. It's 5,700. He's way too cheap on DraftKings. Uh, you can always play Keenan Allen, 7,500. I'm not as keen on playing Austin Eckler. Uh, he got priced up a bit this week. It's an, And it's not a case where you can't play Austin Eckler, because he's still going to have, um, uh, he's still going to have a, a value in this slate. I just look at it from the standpoint of there are so many running backs in play this week that I just can't get to Eckler. It, it you know, it could burn me. It could absolutely burn me. But it's just so many good plays at running back this week that I would rather even even Mixon, you know. Mixon's uh is always in play. It's just that there are other plays on this slate that, you know, these guys are gonna come in lower owned. I'll have some I'll probably have some exposure to Mixon. Maybe not Eckler. Uh, maybe I'll try to see if I can work in some Eckler too. Um, but it's hard. It's hard with the amount of plays that running back this week, uh, to kind of uh, pigeonhole yourself because they are pricey and there's so many ways these two teams can score on each other because they're not they they just have not been able to figure it out on defense as to what they're going to do uh across the board. So, uh very much uh, interested in this game. Uh we've got a high total of 50. Uh Cincinnati's favored by 3. I do think since he gets it done because the Chargers have done this to themselves consistently. It's hard to back the Chargers knowing how explosive Cincinnati's offense can be, especially with Burrow to Jamar Chase. Uh, you got T. Higgins involved last week. Like, since he has the weapons, and of course, Mixon there, I think uh, since he can find a way of getting out the W at home using their running game and play action. And the Chargers, they're just so sputtering on offense where they put up, they can put up, uh, they can move the ball, but like they just don't know their true identity of how they're going to get the ball in the end zone. It's frustrating to watch because. You know, I think they were more, far more efficient offensively with, under Anthony Lynn. I just think this was a bad rust of judgment on the Anthony Lynn situation. Because to me, Lynn would have had this team at eight wins easily. And it's like, even if you don't like Anthony Lynn, I think it, it's hard to say that there's been a less of a disappointment than the Chargers this year. Because they've been healthy. Last year, they were not healthy. so. I'll leave it at that, but, uh, you know, we've got a, just a ton of 
just good offensive pieces to fit in. So outside of names I mentioned, uh, you could also uh, take a look at, if you're looking at deep GPP, you could look at a Donald Parham at tight end or Uzuma at tight end for the Bengals. Um, But yeah, I don't, I will have a lot of exposure to this game, but I'm concentrating uh, on just one-offs, not necessarily full stacking, because the problem with full stacking this game is like you need it's it's expensive enough, and then there's just enough value at other spots that you don't need to full stack it. So if if you full stack it, you need this game to go into the sixties because there's just enough value in other spots uh, on uh, this slate that I think full stack it. Uh, just trying to do a deep game stack on this one. There's just so much going on uh, that I wouldn't do a full game stack of, of this one, even though I like the players involved. It, it's just I, I don't think there's enough there. Um, next up, Minnesota, Detroit. We were talking about running backs. Here comes a, one of the chalkiest running back plays of the week. And I don't I don't see why it's not a, a, a great play. Uh, no, uh, DeAndre Swiffer. uh Detroit. So Jamal Williams is going to get the uh, the rock. He's fifty four hundred on DraftKings. He's sixty five hundred on FanDuel. Williams is going to get fed repeatedly, and the Vikings defense is not good. They're playing in a dome. They're going to feed. Uh, they're going to feed the rock uh, uh, to Jamal Williams and have him run. You know, probably gets twenty five touches. He's fifty four hundred. And sixty five hundred respectively on DraftKings and Fanduel, you got to play them. It, it like it, I, I'm sorry, it, it, this is just one of those where it's just like you may not like the team, but if you're just building a standard roster construction for cash games and you need a floor, you can play Jamal Williams. And the Vikings defense is not stout. Uh, you can run on them. It, this is one of those games where you know you. You take a you take a bad team and and you and you go with uh, the play that's there. On the flip side, you've got Alexander Madison at seventy six hundred, uh, where you can play the Vikings run game. You can play Justin Jefferson at eighty two hundred. You can play Adam uh, uh, Thielen, um, Adam Thielen on uh, uh, at wide receiver at seventy six. I think seventy six hundred. Um, there's just enough pieces here where you can get different. And, you know, I know people are going to be looking at a Cooper Cup uh, because Jacksonville stinks, but you don't need to go that expensive. You could, but you don't need to. Uh, I just think that there's enough value across the slate where you can get creative in certain spots. I think uh, Detroit's one of them. Uh, where you kind of take the running back play with Jamal uh, Williams getting the load, because even with Detroit getting down, Williams is still going to be uh, running the ball, catching the ball. He's going to get Swift's workload. Uh, You know, they don't have enough talent there to really diversify what they're going to try to do. It's like, you know, they're going to try to compete. It's a division matchup. Uh, I fully expect Jamal Williams to get fully fed uh, today. So, just letting you know. Next up for a matchup, 
we have, yes, my Giants going to Miami to play Dolphins. Listen, Daniel Jones sucks. Daniel Jones is injured again. So we got Mike Glennon on the center. We got a bunch of question marks at wide receiver because we don't know if Kadarius Tony can play. We, we, we're we pretty sure Shepard's not going to play. Kenny Galladay has no rhythm at all in this offense. The Giants offense looks completely broken. They won last week by essentially a fluke over Philadelphia. You know, Philly just called a terrible game plan, in my opinion. Uh, just jumbled like the Giants had no offense last week and Philly kept shooting themselves in the foot on drives. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to be clear. I'm playing a lot of Miami defense this week. Uh, Glennon does turn the ball over when he started. This is the probably the worst offense he's ever played in. Just being out like it's crazy. The Giants could have this many skill position players and yet still because of their deficiencies on the offensive line. Terrible play calling and scheme that they are this bad on offense. I I don't see how Miami is Miami literally started as a two and a half point favorite. It moved to six and a half. It could be seven by kickoff. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was a terrible play. Uh you know. The line is at 40. I just, I have a hard time seeing how this, uh, how this works out (laughs) for, I I really do. I really have a hard time seeing how this works out for the Giants in a positive light. This, uh, this just, uh, this is just a rough, rough, uh, day. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm going to be watching this game, but I'm going to be absolutely miserable. Watching it. I have no interest in this game. Uh, I know people are going to try to talk themselves into Saquon Barkley at 6,300 on DraftKings. Just, it's not worth it, people. Life is short. Life is short. Don't go there. I'll go there because, you know, I'm a homer at the end of the day. But don't go there. Life is too short. Just just save your money. Go, Go to a different game. This is one of the biggest trap spots. Outside of playing Miami defense. And Miami defense could also not do anything today. Because we've seen them just uh, just fall flat on their face, too. I, I just, I, I would say just, uh, you could play Jalen Waddle maybe, uh, at the wide receiver spot. But outside, like, I just don't see a whole lot of pieces. Like, the Miami pieces are not entertaining whatsoever. Um, maybe you want to stag Waddle with Tua, but Two was so inconsistent. I, like I said, just move on from this game. Um, the other game I want to focus on, Philly, uh, traveling to New York to play the Jets. So back to back weeks, uh, Eagles are uh, playing at the Meadowlands. Eagles six and a half point favorites against the Jets. Uh, I think the line has moved back towards the Jets though. Um, so I think it's at five and a half, but. I mean, Zach Wilson still under center for the Jets, uh, much to the detriment of the team, because Wilson has been whoo rough. It's a very very rough. Uh, you know, I have my doubts about him, and I'm being validated quite handsomely with my uh, uh, 
suspicion of uh, his actual NFL value. Um, but the big news here and what I was getting to is the value opening up on the slate. Jalen Hurts is injured uh, with an ankle injury that he sustained during the Giants game. So we got Gardner Minshew under center. Gardner Minshew, even though it's not like he's got a great ceiling, is a better uh, is a better NFL QB at this point in his career than Jalen Hurts. It's it's just a fact. And Gardner Minshew is 4K. He is 4K on DraftKings. Stone men. Listen, you can get basically every piece on this slate, including Jonathan Taylor, Madison. Uh, I mean, there, there's a, there are a couple other names I haven't mentioned yet uh, on this slate uh, of plays that I like. And I'm sorry, you can do you can do pretty much whatever you want. I would say, point blank, Gardner Minshew is going to be on multiple millimaker builds for me today because I know what I can do with him, and that's flexibility. It gives me flexibility to get creative with my roster construction, and I think that is very very useful because the Jets defense is terrible. So you can throw on these guys. The weather is perfectly fine here in New York. Uh, you know, just about as good a condition as you can get for the December game to throw the ball. Gardner Minshew is going to try to open some eyes today as to his viability of being an NFL starter. I'm sorry. Gardner Minshew is going to try to take Jalen Hurts' job today. So, to me, I think Minshew is one of those guys you have to have exposure to with your roster construction. And he's going to target Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is one of my biggest plays of the week. Uh, I think he's had a very quiet season because Jalen Hurts has been so bad throwing the ball down the field. I... Like I said, I want to have a lot of exposure to Minshew and Devonta Smith today because I know that Jets secondary is so suspect. So, so suspect. And it's such a cheap stack that you can fit in the pieces of the Chargers and Bengals. Uh, You can fit in the Minnesota guys if you want. You don't have to go cheap at running back if you're playing Gardner Minshew. So you can fit in Jonathan Taylor. Um uh, like I said, I don't know how else you want me to say it. Like I, I think this is one of those plays where you just take the free square at QB. You got a wide receiver to stack them with for GPPs, and you move on. Um, so well, let's just leave it at that. It's like you don't have to lock lock it in of a hundred percent. But I would say if you got fifty percent of your bills with Gardner Minshew you're probably doing your roster construction correctly because it gives you the flexibility to get creative in other spots. So my two cents there on the jet side, you know, you can always look at uh, Elijah Moore at the tight end spot. You could punt with Ryan Griffin and then fit in a bunch of other guys. Like there's just a lot of places you can go on this slate. Uh, Just being perfectly honest. If you focus on the Minshew, uh, Devonta Smith stack, it, it it's it, it builds itself. It really does, folks. I I don't know what else to tell you. Um, 
but to 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 give it a shot and and see see what you can come up with. I I think it's definitely intriguing enough that I I gotta I gotta roll with it. So moving on, as I'm getting alerts, uh, moving on, we got Tampa Bay in Atlanta. Tom Brady owns the Falcons. Tom Brady is going for MVP. Tom Brady is going to throw for multiple touchdowns against the Falcons. The problem is you don't know who he's going to throw the, the, the ball to. He's got a very diverse route tree. Everyone's back healthy. So you can play Tom Brady, but figuring out which pieces, is it going to be Godwin? Is it going to be Evans? Is it going to be Gronk? Is it, uh, You don't have AB, but you still have other pieces on this offense with Tyler Johnson. Like There are other guys he can throw to. I think even Gio Bernard is in play here. Leonard Fournette had four touch, uh, 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 was it four or five touchdowns? Man, I, I, you forget like how many touchdowns he scored because it was just such a dominant performance. But you know, I just look at this and Atlanta is just like a dead fish. Like they're just dead. Uh, Brady is going to try to win the MVP. Uh, with another Steve Spurrier run up the score like performance, uh, so you can definitely play Tampa and have Tampa pieces. The problem is Brady is so expensive at the QB spot that, to me, I would say just play Minshew, and then you can stuff in Tampa guys if you want. If, like I said, Minshew opens up so many avenues that you can start getting more creative with your builds that you don't have to um, do a, a traditional stack build uh, if you want to target a particular game. So there's that. Um, Atlanta side, no interest in any pieces whatsoever. This offense is broken. Calvin Ridley. I hope Calvin Ridley is getting the help he needs uh, mentally because playing for this franchise longer would be depressing for pretty much anyone. Um, not to make light of uh, his situation, but uh, there are so many issues going on with Atlanta right now. That, that organization's in free fall. Um, but, you know, just nothing nothing here. It, it, it's going to be a stomp, but when Tampa stomps, and I want people to be clear about this, when Tampa stomps, it's not a Leonard Fournette type of slate. Usually when Tampa stomps, they start mixing it up and, and spreading out the a bald uh, distribution carry. So you're more likely to see Leonard Fournette at 20 touches or less. And then you see Ronald Jones ramp up for the blowout play in the second half. So Ronald Jones is someone you uh, you would have to look out for. But the thing is, there's so much value on this slate. You don't need Ronald Jones. You don't need a Gio Bernard. Um at their price tags, uh, you know, they're cheap, but it's like, there's so much value. You don't even need to wait for the blowout run. So those would be deep, deep MME pool plays, but I, I wouldn't be going there, but uh, e- e- something you can keep in mind. So moving on. Um, uh, so, oh, in Tampa, it's like 10 and a half point favorites. Uh, they're, they're covering this. So <laughs> it's like, that's just that simple. Uh, moving on. Uh, the Rams hosting Jacksonville. Uh, Jags traveling out. This is the rare time that the Rams have a home game where they're actually going to have 
the support of the fans predominantly. J- Jags fans are not traveling out to LA. I'm sorry. It, it's not happening. <laughs> like, it, it's like it, the, this Jags team is terrible. So the Rams actually have a true home game. Uh, 12 and a half point favorites. I mean, I just don't like any of the pieces for the Rams. Like, they are all priced up. And there's just so much other value here that the Jags defense is decent enough that it's like the Rams have to, like, it's a 48 total. Uh, I... I don't really like this game. It's like, I will probably play it on the afternoon slate, but I don't see myself getting to this game on the main slate because the Rams pieces are just so expensive that I I can get, I think I can get there on other parts. I know people want to play Cooper cup at nine K. Yeah, he could get there, but what if Stafford starts targeting Van Jefferson at 5,300? It could easily happen. I'll, I'll play some Van Jefferson. But trying to squeeze in cup doesn't really make sense unless I'm doing a ton of uh, builds, like and I'm going a full 150, which I'm not sure I'm going to do today yet. But it, but if I did, I would probably do it with uh, Minshew just so if uh, cup uh, doesn't quite hit that ceiling, I can fit in other studs to supplement that. So to me, I don't see the value in going in for Stafford. I know some people will. Um, I just, to me, it's just not enough value there um, with uh, some of the other plays we have available. All right. Washington versus Vegas. Uh, So the story here is you got one of the worst run defenses in the league in Vegas playing a Washington team that isn't very good. But Antonio Gibson has been waiting for this moment all year where he got a, a lot of uh, carries. Uh, you know, he's been playing with a shin injury, yes, uh, so they've been limiting his carries. But now J.D. McKissick got knocked out late in the Monday night game. Turnaround's too short. So Gibson's just going to get the full workload. I love Gibson at 5,700 on DraftKings. Uh, it's just another play where you can play him and, you know, depending on how you build out your roster construction, I, I think it's, it's very easily uh, a day where I have my top three running backs being uh, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, and my last guy, Elijah Moore, I'll get to as well, where they, they just eat, they just eat, uh, I I think this Raiders run defense is terrible. I think Washington can run on them. As long as they stay within themselves, they don't go too crazy with Heineke chucking the ball all over the place. I I like Washington to win this game. Um, you know, Vegas has uh, the Raiders favored. I get it. I get it. They're at home. It's less than a, it, it's less than three. So Vegas knows that Washington can win this game, too. I would take the coin flip that Washington gets done. Moving on. Uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Now the story is just coming out that Big Ben's retiring at the end of the year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've known this for ages that Big Ben can't move the ball anymore. So, you know, the Steelers, 
are going to try to do this rally around Ben, but it's over. Like, it's, I'm sorry, it's over. It's like, this this team's 500, shouldn't be 500. Like, it's over. It's like, they've got injuries on the defense. Unless the Ravens just fumble the ball away and turn it over four plus times as they did last week, and they still won last week, barely, because Baker Mayfield just completely choked. I can't see Baltimore losing this game in Pittsburgh. It's like the Steelers are going to play them hard. Don't get me wrong. The Steelers have a lot of pride. But if you're telling me that I need Big Ben to put up 20-plus points against this Ravens team, which is what it's going to take. They're going to need to score about 24 to 27 points because I think the Ravens are going to get to 30. uh, Because the problem with the Steelers is that they've been playing so many snaps, and they've got multiple injuries uh, with guys just banged up. I just don't see where the Steelers slow down the Ravens if the Ravens actually are executing their offense and and literally just pushing the pace on the Steelers. I don't see, I don't see how uh, the Ravens lose this game. I really don't. It, it it's going to take turnovers for the Steelers to win this game. It it's just got it's got to be a repeat of the uh the Browns game last week where Lamar's just turned the ball over hand over fist and then the Steelers uh can take advantage of it whereas the Browns just kept shooting themselves in the foot. I can't see the Ravens being that sloppy back to back weeks. Like the Ravens were incredibly sloppy. I think they clean up a lot this week and then they just take care of business against the Steelers. I that's where I feel this is going. I know people are going to kind of lean more towards, oh, well, the Ben narrative, uh, uh, you know, they're going to rally around Ben. You know, it's it's nice in theory, but in reality, the situation is, it is what it is. Guys are looking at it and saying, it's the end of the road for us. You know, I got to start looking at my options moving forward of where I want to take my career. That's where I think this, is, this story's headed. I don't see a win-win for the Gipper type situation emerging here so i'm gonna take the ravens uh this will be in parlays and teasers i, I think this is pretty clear cut um the ravens uh, take this one next up another slam dunk san francisco seattle seattle will try to play san francisco tough san francisco's gonna run it down for seattle's throw uh seattle has no punch on this team they are three and eight it's the first time they're not going to make the playoffs with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. It's just, you know, it's hard to see this divorce coming. But I hope, beyond hope as a Giants fan, that the Giants actually are smart enough to recognize this situation and trade for Russell Wilson. Like, this this is a divorce that needs to happen. Either Russ goes or Pete Carroll goes. But they both can't be there next year. It's just the bottom line. It should have probably happened over the summer, but... You know, the Giants didn't want to commit uh, to Russell Wilson. Russ didn't want to fully commit to demanding a trade because uh, too many teams were looking to just draft the QB, uh, thinking that they could do it that way. I think this offseason, you're going to see a lot of interest in trade opportunities for Russell Wilson uh, because the Deshaun Watson situation is what it is at this point with teams being very afraid. So now Russ is fully going to get that uh, uh, attention in terms of trade interests uh, from uh, NFL teams. But to me, 
the Seattle squad, it's over. Uh, I mean, they're 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 playing Adrian Peterson for crying out loud. Adrian Peterson cut by the Titans uh, uh, before the game last week on Sunday. Uh, Seattle signs him and promotes him to the active squad and is expected to see a ton of carries today. I I don't know what else you want me to say. They're playing Adrian Peterson. G- give me San Fran defense. Give me Elijah Mitchell running the ball 30 plus times. I know Debo Samuel is out, so we can see a lot of George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk in the passing game with Garoppolo just getting targeted. Uh, and so they should be relatively safe plays. I just don't see them as ceiling plays. I see this as an Elijah Moore gets 25 carries and possibly can run for 125 to 140 yards. I am hammering Elijah Mitchell props today and moving on. I think Seattle is going to be pretty much done by the middle of the third quarter today. And then it's just going to be full snowball effect from there on. So we'll see. But I think this one's one of the more clear-cut games of the entire slate. I want San Fran defense, and I will have a lot of Elijah Moore. I mean, I'm saying Elijah Moore. I'm saying, I mean, Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell running back for the 49ers. See, this is what happens when you're, you've got too many players on your mind. Uh, uh, but Elijah Mitchell. Definitely uh, in play for me today. One of my heaviest home players uh, by far. Denver for Sunday Night Football. Traveling to Kansas City. This one got flexed in uh, over Ravens Steelers. And it's the right decision. Denver is pesky enough that I think... um, Actually, I don't even think it was the Baltimore Steelers game. I forgot what they flexed out now. I don't think it was both. No, no, it was San Francisco, Seattle that got flexed out. Not, not the Baltimore Steelers game. But yeah, it was the right decision. Um, Denver surprisingly has been resilient. Uh, but the big news for Sunday Night Football, I'll get into showdowns like we can finally play Javante Williams. Javante Williams might finally be free of uh, the pull of uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> The pull of Melvin Gordon uh, being out of, and you know, obviously you don't hope for injuries, but it's like Javante Williams has been a better running back the entire year. He should have gotten more carries. It's it's ridiculous. So uh, Sunday Night Football, I will be hammering Javante uh, Williams in the captain spot. Uh, and yes, I'll be playing Mahomes. But uh, if you play Javante Williams, because I looked at it briefly. If you play Javante Williams, and maybe my assessment changes later in the day, but I think if you play Javante Williams in the captain, you can fit in most of the Chiefs pieces, and it gives you a viable opportunity to uh, do a lot of damage in terms of your roster construction. I think, uh, you know, it makes sense going with uh, Javante Williams uh, in in the captain spot tonight. So uh, that's where I'm going to be leaning. We'll see. We'll see how the slate actually pans out, but I think uh, you know Kansas City is going to win this one, and I'm not entirely sure they cover because Kansas City has been so inefficient on offense. Uh, uh, get uh, needing can Kansas City to cover ten that might be a bit too much. Uh, I think uh, it might be closer to a touchdown victory than anything else. But 
I think, you know, when it comes right down to it, you can play Broncos defense, and it's not the craziest thing in the world because you know you know the Chiefs are going to turn the ball over at, at certain points of this game. You, you just know it's going to happen. So I would say, and we'll get into this um, later, but uh, I, I will say that this is going to be one of the more intriguing games to watch tonight for Sunday Night Football because it'll, it'll give us the barometer of if the Chiefs are legitimately going to round into form or not because they should be able to handle this team. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The Chiefs have been a, a mystery to me as well at, at certain points. So we'll see. But uh, that uh, that wrapped up the main slate. Obviously, I talk about Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football, they, you got the Bills and the Patriots. We're definitely going to be talking about that one in detail. I do like the Pats. Uh, my dad is on the Bills. Uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, the regression of Josh Allen has been even more than I anticipated, I think Bill Belichick can get in his head. Um, if the Bills win, they stomp on on them. I think they they blow out blow out New England. Um, but if New England keeps it close, I think New England wins this game. So th- it's a very tricky one because like the line's three and a half. I could easily see Buffalo winning this one by two touchdowns. But if it stays relatively close, I could see New England edging out Buffalo at the end. It. To me, it very much depends on how the the game flow is going. So, um, you know, we'll see about that one. But uh, uh, that one, I'm not as keen on betting because it's not nearly as clear cut as some of these other matchups I've already outlined today. So uh, that's going to do it for the show. But like I said, uh, from a DFS construction standpoint, you got to look at Gardner Minshew and Devonta Smith just as a core uh, build uh, building blocks. Because you can fit in so many running backs today that when you've got uh, Eli Mitchell, you've got Jonathan Taylor, you got Mixon, you got Madison, uh, you've just got uh, Gibson. Even uh, like you got so many running backs that you can uh, build out and fit in everyone and fit in stud wide receivers if you want to. So just uh, plenty of routes to go. So uh, that's gonna do it for me. I'm gonna get this uploaded get my rest of my builds out of the way and good luck to everyone today. Uh, this should be a very fun slate. So uh, like I said, good luck to everyone. And until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and all other major outlets. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.